This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Got three seconds to get a shot off. Wiggins to Poole. Poole gets it off in time. Oh, he bites it in! He bites it in! They count it as the buzzer sounds. You're listening to BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Hello, Joe G. Aaron Hawksworth with you. On a Tuesday after game number five of the NBA Finals, Warriors win 104-94, go up 3-2 in this series. We head back to Boston for game number five. And joining us right now to talk about that on the Roman Guest Line, Ryan McDonough, Odyssey, NBA Insider. Ryan, welcome back to the show. And, you know, it just feels like you watch this series and so much of Boston's issues when they lose are turnovers. When they turn the ball over, that's when they get in trouble. They did it again last night. When when you see that, how much of that do you pin on Boston being sloppy with the ball versus how much, Ryan, do you think it is that that Warriors defense that's causing these issues? Hey, good morning, guys. Always great to be on with you. I think it's a little bit of both, Joe. To start the game last night when Golden State took Kevon Looney out of their starting lineup and left Otto Porter in there, I thought Golden State was really flying around defensively. The Warriors were active. They were physical. Their rotations were quick. And I think that was reflected in how much difficulty the Celtics had scoring in the first quarter. Boston only had 16 points in the first, uh, but also with the three-point shooting. As you guys know, if you look at the box score, the Celtics were 11 for 32 on the game from three. Not bad, 34%. uh, But most of that was during one stretch in the second half. Uh, So I was really impressed with what Golden State was able to do. But uh, you're right. The Celtics, led by Jason Tatum, who is their primary playmaker at this point, they need to take better care of the ball to have a chance, not only in Game 6 on Thursday, but also to extend the series and potentially win Game 7 back in San Francisco on Sunday. Ryan, this Boston squad has been been so confounding to me this year. You know, they don't play as, as great typically at home as they do the road we see all the turnovers last night you can't take advantage when when Steph couldn't hit a three uh Wiggins ends up leading everybody in points and rebounds and and then you get absolutely nothing from the bench last night and, and as sports betters that's what we're trying to do we're trying to predict what's what's going to happen and they lose uh back-to-back games for the first time since January are, are you finding that with the Celtics that night to night and and they talk about it openly you're never quite sure which Celtic squad's going to show up. Yeah, and I think that's one of the hallmarks of a young team on the biggest stage, and that's why it doesn't happen that often when a team led by guys in their early to mid-20s, which the Celtics are. If you look at the ages of uh, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Robert Williams, Grant Williams, those guys are 23 to 25 years old. Usually it takes time to get to the mountaintop in the NBA. As, as you know, the Golden State is playing in the finals for their sixth time in eight years. 
Boston's very young. Phoenix was young a year ago. And uh, going back a decade or so ago, OKC was in this position as a young team. Uh, so I, I think there's a reason it doesn't happen that often. It's really hard uh, to win four consecutive playoff rounds. Keep in mind the competition level, theoretically at least, goes up every round you advance. And then when you're playing somebody as experienced as Golden State, we know the numbers. The Warriors had 123 games of finals experience combined coming into the series. Boston had zero. So I think in the biggest moment, some of that is starting to show through. And as you guys know, I picked before the playoffs, I picked the Celtics to be in the finals. Before the series, I picked them to win the championship. Uh, I'm feeling less confident about that than I have, Just not, not just because they're down 3-2, uh, but because if it's close in a possession-by-possession game, I trust Golden State to execute better with their experience than I do on the other side with Boston and a very young team. Ryan, what was your assessment? that lineup because I thought we were going to see more Looney and then we did see Porter in place of Looney and I thought because it had worked so well in the previous game that they were going to stick with that um what did you think about that lineup yeah I I like it I mean Steve Kerr is a brilliant coach I don't think he gets enough credit as as much as anybody who's maybe underrated has been to six finals in eight years And and I think if Golden State is able to close this thing out if they win one of the next two games this will probably be Steve Kerr's best performance because this is the least talented team he's had, in my opinion, uh, that, that, you know, if they win a championship and now he's had some tremendous teams and this team certainly has talent, uh, but they do not have Kevin Durant alongside Steph Curry and a healthy Clay Thompson. Uh, This is not, you know, the 73 win juggernaut, although that team uh, lost This is a little bit different. This was, they have to win in different ways. Uh, Steph was brilliant in game four. Wiggins was terrific last night in game five. So I, I thought it was really smart. Basically, Aaron, what I think he's doing is daring Boston to change how they play. He is daring Boston to throw the ball into the post, to try to get physical and play a back down game, whether that's going to Al Horford, Robert Williams, even posting Marcus Smart. Uh, the Celtics do have some advantages there, but uh, the age-old dilemma for Emi Odoka and any coach is, do we go away from how we normally play to try to exploit a mismatch, or do we stick with what we've done? Uh, I think the Celtics, for the most part, have stick, stuck with what they've done, and Golden State, with all those perimeter defenders, um, you know, is, is their defense and closeouts are excellent. They're daring Boston to beat them in the post, and so far, at least over the course of five games, Boston hasn't been able to do that consistently. Ryan, one of the things that's been a theme of the playoffs, a theme of the Warriors for a long time, certainly a theme of the finals until last night when the Warriors um, actually did not fare as well in the third quarter, is they dominate these third quarters. They put the graphic up last night, the first four games. I mean, it was so lopsided in the third quarter. What do you attribute that to? I mean, you've been around the game a long time in different capacities. One team usually dominates a certain quarter right after halftime. Is that is that Kerr halftime adjustments? Is that those players there because and it's become one of the most profitable bets for our listeners over the last couple of weeks with the playoffs warriors third quarter. Why do you think that is? I think there are a couple of reasons for it. I think it is some adjustments at halftime by Steve Kerr. I think the experience, not only Kerr's experience, but the team player experience, especially with their star trio, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. Last night, I believe they set the record for most wins ever, uh, surpassing the great group in San Antonio, uh, Duncan, Ginobili, and Parker. Um, so those guys have been together a long time at the highest level. So I think it's part of that. Also, I, I think a lot of it, Joe, honestly, is, is uh, s- simpler than that. It's that Golden State comes with their best players and a rested Steph Curry coming out of halftime. Uh, keep in mind, you usually don't make adjustments coming out of halftime until the late third. A lot of times, 
Golden State's normal rotation pattern. Steph Curry will play the entire first quarter, sit approximately the first half of the second quarter, uh, and then play the end of the second, and the same pattern in the second half. He plays the third, he rests early in the fourth, and then he comes back in the mid-fourth. Uh, Kerr tweaks that a little bit depending on how the game flow is going, but I, I think it's mainly that. It's arrested Steph Curry, halftime adjustments, experience, continuity, and uh, I think you, you, know, you bake it all together, and that points toward a dominant third-quarter team. Ryan, let's do a reset on the MVP award. Uh, Warriors, obviously, one game away. Celtics have to take one at home, then go on the road and win one. And uh, the MVP number on Steph is not as high as uh, the Warriors to win the title number, which is uh, the Warriors to win the titles, minus 400. But Steph is minus 360 after having a a non-Steph game last night and, and Wiggins balled out. So Steph is the heavy favorite. And then we've got Tatum. At four to one, Jalen Brown eighteen to one, and all of a sudden Wiggins enters the conversation at twenty to one. Where are you with the MVP? I think we all know, even though people will talk about the, uh, a small chance that Wiggins could win. We all know it's going to Steph if the Warriors win. But on the Celtics side, is it wide open? I'm not sure it's wide open, but I picked Brown before the series. Uh, I'll stick with that pick, uh, mainly because I, I think Tatum has been underwhelming. He's, he's done certain things very well. He had that stretch last night where he got hot, uh, made a few different threes. But, um, we, you know, we've talked about the turnovers plaguing the Celtics as a team. Uh, Jason Tatum last night set the record for most individual turnovers in a postseason. Now, obviously, to be anywhere near that stratosphere, you need to play a ton of games and a ton of minutes and have the ball in your hands a lot in decision-making roles. So I believe it was LeBron's record that he surpassed. So, uh, you know, keep it in mind. But, um, you know, Tatum has turned the ball over a lot. He has not been very efficient, especially in the fourth quarter. Brown was horrible last night. I think that certainly hurts his chances. Um, but but I, I know people, you know, say, well, should they give it to somebody? Say Boston comes back and wins in seven games. Uh, will the voters give it to somebody on the losing team? We saw that in the Eastern Conference Finals with Jimmy Butler Rarely from my experience, guys, at least in recent NBA history, and I've been affiliated with the league for about two decades now, rarely do a majority of voters see it that way. Even if if Steph Curry plays great in the last two games, but the Warriors lose, uh, I think there's a slim chance Curry wins it. I think it goes to somebody on Boston. Uh, So relative to if a Boston player is going to win the MVP, which obviously no Celtic will win uh, if Golden State wins the title, that'll almost certainly be Curry or potentially Wiggins as a long shot. Um, So look at that way. I think Brown is some good value because I think he will need to play better. Obviously, Boston will need to win two games in a row. And if you look at who's executed the best down the fourth quarter of of some of these playoff games, especially putting those two guys side by side, it has been Jalen Brown over Jason Tatum. So for me, uh, it's it's obviously a long shot factor in the odds. But I I still like Brown. If you think Boston has a chance to come back and win the final two games, which I do, I like Brown with the longer odds. I like it. Um, one bet I've been doing that's been quite profitable is just taking the home team first quarter. Um, would you look at the the Celtics on the spread or money line um, in this next one in Boston? Yeah, I like that, Aaron. The first quarter, I mean, the Boston's going to come out swinging. I think we all know that on Thursday night, uh, down 3-2. Um, they've, Golden State clearly has the momentum. Keep in mind, Boston won game one with that historic comeback in the fourth quarter. Uh, Since then, Golden State has won three out of four, including the last game in Boston. So the Celtics have two days off. They have to fly back cross country, as do the Warriors. 
and all Boston will hear is how they, they blew a golden opportunity uh, up 1-0, then up 2-1. Uh, they, they couldn't handle their business in game four, so now all the pressure in game six. So they will come out aggressive, and I, and I think everybody knows that. Uh, so I, I like that in the first quarter. Um, you know, and, and as far as winning the game, I, I do think the Celtics have a good chance to win. I mean, I know I'm, uh, I'm maybe, uh, uh, you know, yelling into a hurricane here going against a trend, but, um, you know, Boston – played better the first three games of the series. Game four to hit a historic performance from Steph in the TD Garden. Uh, you know, Golden State obviously was the better team last night, but I think this series um, is closer than people were realizing today as we wake up this morning. Let me put it this way, guys. A lot of the Odyssey shows I was on after game three, um, you know, some of the hosts were saying they think this series is over when Boston was up 2-1, that the Celtics are going to win. Now that Golden State's up 3-2, to uh, I'm hearing a lot of people think it's over. The Warriors are going to win. Uh, obviously, the Warriors have a significant statistical advantage at this point, but I do not think it's over. I expect Boston to win game six, and then when you get to a game seven in the NBA Finals, anything can happen. Ryan, how, how much do you factor in when we look at the next potentially two games, um, the history and who the Warriors are? Because my, my thought on the Celtics is we've, they've done this before. They've had moments where they've kind of looked like they've blown it. Uh, game six at home against Miami the game where Drew Holiday kind of stole a win for the, the Bucks in, in Boston, and yet the Celtics came back to win those series. I think they could do it again, but this is the Warriors. They are champions. Uh, it's, it's all these Hall of Famers here. How, how much do you factor that in, in what you think might happen here? Because I, I think Boston has the kind of mentality to do this. I'm just wondering if they could do it to the Warriors. Yeah, great point. I believe Boston also won an elimination game on the road in Milwaukee earlier in the playoffs. So they've been in this position before, and they've come through against very good opponents, the Milwaukee Bucks uh, and and um, the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals, as you mentioned. Um, yeah, so I think Golden State has an advantage, and that's why it's hard for me to stick with my, my pre-series pick of Boston. I'll do it. Um, and the reason I say that is, is this, Joe. I think for the Celtics to win, they need to win by a comfortable margin. It seems incredible that we played five games of an NBA Finals in a 3-2 to two series, and all of them have been double-digit Finals margins, but that's been the case. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think that needs to be the blueprint for Boston to win. I think they're capable of that, but I worry that – and this is more looking ahead to Game 7 than, than Game 6 on Thursday if it gets to 7. Uh, but if it gets to 7, and I'm not on with you guys between now and then, um, I, I worry that if it's a possession-by-possession possession execution game, which obviously would be fantastic uh, for NBA and the sport of basketball, um, that, that Golden State will execute better in that situation than Boston will. So I, I bring it up because I, I think Boston needs to win uh, comfortably. They need to win by 8, 10, 12, somewhere in that range. If it's a close game down the stretch with their experience and with the fact that they've been there so many times before and Boston has never been there on that stage, especially as we get later into the finals, I trust Golden State if the game is close. But, uh, you know, I, I do think Boston has the ability, especially in game six, to win by a sig significant amount at home. Okay. Anything else on game six? Uh, do we should we look at Boston at home coming out of the gates uh, with a great pace in, in the first quarter? How about that? Those bench players on Boston G gave you absolutely nothing last night. A anybody uh, jump out that you expect to have a strong performance at home? Well, I think maybe with some of the role players, if you want to look at prop bets and pl plan on reversion to the mean with guys like Derek White, who was awful last night, 0 for 4, 1 point, uh, minus 13 in 21 minutes. And Grant Williams, who uh, just had three points in 16 minutes, uh, had two turnovers, three fouls. I think those guys, generally the role players play better at home. Um, we know those guys are complementary players, especially uh, Grant Williams is a you know, solid all-around player, but he's not creating his own shots. Uh, so I would just look at those guys. As you look at the minute distribution, Joe, it seems like Emi Odoka has seven guys he's comfortable with. 
his five starters, Grant Williams and, and Derek White. So if you're looking for somebody to perform better in game six than they, than they did in game five, I would look at either Williams or White. Ryan, always appreciate you hopping on and uh, enjoy the rest of the finals. If we don't catch up again soon, I'm sure we will before the draft and some of this offseason stuff coming on. But great stuff. Always appreciate Ryan McDonough on the Roman guest line. Get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash BetQL now to get $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash BetQL. So Ryan still likes, but probably doesn't love the Celtics, is what I heard there after what we saw last night in Game 5. On the other side, lightning bets are fair plays for tonight. Coming up next, right here on the BetQL Network. These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth on BetQL Daily from BetQL.